You guys ready for the Word of God today? You ready to hear from the, from the Bible? We should talk about the Bible. Like, it is there. It is the story of life. It tells us what we need to know. So grab your Bible and turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis, and if you're at home, if you're at home, put, if you're ready for God's Word, put an emoji with a hand up. Um, and, uh, and then grab your Bible and go with me to Genesis chapter 1. And if you're like an expert with your Bible, the, this is old school for some of you that use analog Bibles, but you could turn to Genesis chapter 1, and then you could thumb mark Luke chapter 13. But that's only if you're a professional. Like, I don't want a paper cut. I don't want you getting injured. All right? But Genesis chapter 1. And last week, we started a series of messages that we called Kingdom Cause. Kingdom Cause. And we are talking about, really, the meaning of life. We're talking about how to be successful, talking about purpose. Um, but you, to understand those things, I think you have to understand what God is all about and what God is doing. And unfortunately, um, most of our lives, we have grown up believing that Christianity was religion-based, that this was a religious activity, that this was a religious belief system. Um, and we've done that because culture, because that's been most widely accepted. But the Bible is not actually about a religion at all. The Bible is about three things. If you study the Bible, you will find these three things from the beginning to the end. You're going to talk, you're going to find out number one, the Bible talks about a king, it talks about a king. It talks about a kingdom and it talks about a royal family. And so the Bible talks about a king and a kingdom and a royal family. And if you will, if you will use that as your lens, you can follow that all the way through scripture. Jesus never one time came and said, I have come to start a religion. I have come to, to, to establish and this one's going to like, it's going to scare you, but I've come to establish a church. He didn't actually say that. It gets translated that way. We're going to talk about it, but it's not actually what he said. It's about a king. It's about a kingdom and it's about a royal family. And last week we talked about the fact that when I understand the kingdom and I understand the message of Jesus, the message of Jesus was an answer and it was a solution to a question and a problem. So when Jesus shows up and starts his ministry, this is review, but Luke 4, 17, Jesus said, it said he went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom. Jesus' message was not, hi, I'm going to die and, and then be resurrected so that you can leave earth and go to heaven. His message was, there is a kingdom that has returned to the earth. This is good news. The gospel of atonement, meaning Jesus paid for our sin, is a part of the gospel of the kingdom because it is how we are reconnected with the king. Are you with me? And so it's a part, but it's not complete. In fact, the gospel of atonement offers hope for eternity, but not hope for today. The fact that you can pray a prayer and die and go to heaven does not solve any problems you have today. It solves a problem you will have when you die. So Jesus' solution was greater because his solution applied to the earth as well as eternity. Are you with me? In fact, Jesus would even say this, I must preach the gospel of the kingdom for this reason I was sent. Think about that. I thought he was sent to die on the cross. No, he said, I was sent to proclaim there's a kingdom. Right? And so we talked about that that kingdom, earth is full of only, in fact, there are two, let me give you this. So all this will help you with what we're going to talk about today. There are two realms in the Bible, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth. And God is Lord and ruler of the kingdom of heaven, and he is owner of of the realm of earth. He's the creator and he's the Lord and ruler of that. And he actually wanted to extend. So the kingdom of heaven is a spiritual realm. The kingdom of earth is a physical realm. So he wanted to extend the rule that he had in this spiritual realm into a physical realm. Thus he created earth and thus he created man. And the reason he created man was to partner this is a lot. So just you get the tape, as they used to say, we don't have tapes anymore. Watch it on YouTube. Um, but the, he created man because in a physical realm, you have to have a physical body to legally rule. 
So man's role, and by God's design, was to rule over this physical realm. We'll talk about this in a minute, all right? Some of you are like, oh, man, I thought I was just going to church. You are. This is the way it should have been all along, and um, <laughs> this is probably most helpful. And so, um, so the kingdom, then, is the solution on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom of heaven, then, is the solution and has the solution for every problem on earth. In fact, when you watch the ministry, what we would call the ministry of Jesus, that is not a religious term. That's a kingdom term, just like you would have the ministry of education, the ministry of defense. Did you know that? That in the kingdom, there's the ministry of defense. No weapon formed against you can prosper, right? And then the ministry of education, it talks about in the knowledge of him. Like you find that phrase over and over throughout the New Testament, in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of him, right? And so... Um, there's also a ministry of finance. My God shall supply. And so the word ministry actually means administration. So when you minister finance, you're administrating a kingdom. When you minister education, you're administrating a kingdom. So you actually know all this stuff. You just don't know that you know it. So really, I'm not telling you anything today. I'm just going to tell you what you already know. So that when you leave, you'll know it. You'll be like, I knew that. And you'll leave like, I'm so smart. And I'll be like, yeah, for sure. And so that's all kind of review, but it needs to be on your dashboard because today we're going to dive into this word purpose. Uh, a lot of people, number one question I think people should be trying to answer is, what am I here for? You know, like, how did I get here? What am I here for? In fact, we want to talk about purpose, but there are five questions I think every person needs to answer. Many people live their lives and never answer these questions, and many people never answer them correctly. But on the answer to these questions really hangs the meaning of life, the purpose of life, who you are, where you came from, all those things. In fact, there have been kings and kingdoms and wars and rumors and all types of stuff that have happened um, and taken place from people trying to answer these questions. Like these questions have started wars. Like they've expanded kingdoms. And so we need to answer these five questions. So here are the five questions. You can write them down. I'm just going to go through them, then I'm going to answer them. Um, but, but here are the five questions. Number one, and, and I think, again, we're talking about purpose today, but I think all of these questions have to be understood in, in order to understand purpose. Number one is, where did I come from? Where did I come from? People are trying to figure out, where did I come from? Number two, who am I? Uh, number three, why am I here? Number four, what can I do? And number five, where am I going? All right, so these are the questions. Again, where, where did I come from? Who am I? Right? Why am I here? What can I do? Where am I going? That's the questions I think every person needs to answer. A lot of people never answer, and some people never answer correctly. All right, let's think about them again. Where did I come from? Right? Who, who am I? Why am I here? What can I do? And where am I going? Where am I going? So today, I want to talk about those questions. So I called this message, very simply, Kingdom Purpose. Last week, Kingdom Solution. This week, Kingdom Purpose. We did this so you could find the messages easily based on that one word, because that's what I'm going to talk about today, Kingdom Purpose. Can we pray together? Father, thank you so much, God, for the Holy Spirit that comes and reveals and speaks, for the Word of God that reveals, that shows that transforms. So God, we just ask in this moment that you would come and speak. God, open our hearts, open our minds to receive, to understand, to perceive, to learn, to grow, to hear. God, give us ears that will hear you today. Speak truth and transform us. Help us understand purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Kingdom purpose. What are the questions again? Where did I come from? Who am I? Why am I here? What can I do? Where am I going? As I sat and I thought about those five questions, I thought I need to answer those five questions. I need to answer those five questions. If I want you to understand purpose, I think you got to answer those five questions. And I thought it'd be great if the Bible answered those five questions. Now, I know the Bible answers those five questions. But when I sat down and thought about it, I thought the Bible answers those five questions in the first chapter in one verse. And so Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 
The Bible actually, now maybe you don't see it, I'll help you see it, but the Bible answers those five questions in one sentence in the first chapter of the Bible. And here's that verse. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth and every creeping thing. I always thank God he gave us dominion over creeps. Every creeping thing, he gave us dominion over creeps. If God gave us nothing else, he gave us dominion over creeps. We can block them, we can unfriend them, not unfollow them. Gave us dominion over creeps um, and everything that creeps on the earth. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. God actually answers those five questions in that one verse. So here we go. Question number one. The, question, the first question is the question of origin. Write the word origin down. You'll need to take notes today. Write the word origin. Where did you come from? Where did you come from? It's a question of origin. Well, where did you come from? Well, in the beginning, God said, let us make man. Let us make man. So you came, simply put, from God. Let us make man. I think the problem is when most people try to figure out who they are and where they came from, they start on earth. And they start with their parents. They know their parents, biological parents, or if they don't, they start with their adopted parents, and then they ask maybe about their biological parents. But they, they start on earth, and they look for, and they look at earth, and they look at um, the circumstances of their birth, the situation of their birth, um, they look at that as their origin, and they say, well, I came from my parents. Maybe that was planned. Maybe it was unplanned. Maybe it was accidental. Maybe it was even violent. Maybe it was rape or something like that, and, and they start on earth, but the problem is you didn't start on earth. You started in heaven. Before you were conceived, you got to see, in order to find out where you came from, you have to go back to before the beginning. Time is an interruption of eternity whereby we have this realm of earth that exists because matter has to have a place to exist and a time to exist. So time's actually an interruption of eternity. You are actually an eternal person. You are an eternal being. And so to figure out who you are, you can't look at this interruption of eternity. You have to go back to before the beginning. And before the beginning, before you were conceived in a womb, you were conceived in a heart. You were conceived in the heart of God before the beginning. In fact, God made the beginning so he could birth you. God had an expression of you in his heart, but in order for him to fully express what was in his heart, he had to create time and space and matter in order to create man in order for you to be born. So for you to understand you, you can't start at earth. In fact, most of the labels people live under all of their lives are because they tried to understand themselves starting at earth. And starting at earth, I was the product of rape, or I was the product of pastors, or I was the product of this situation, or I was born into, into, into these circumstances. And many of the times, the labels that we have, you don't believe me? Ask Jacob. Jacob was labeled as to the circumstance of his birth. He was born grasping the heel of his twin brother Esau, therefore giving the name Jacob, meaning heel grabber. He was labeled... By the, this is what the earth does. Because earth, listen, the devil wants to limit you and the best way to limit you is to label you. Just label me and you'll limit me. Right? Limit, call me a pastor. It actually limits me. Maybe how you know me. But it's only part of me. It's only, in fact, it's not really even a part of me. 
It's just a part of a gift that's in me. I know you mean no disrespect, and I'm fine if you call me pastor, but I'm saying labels, once you can label it, you can limit it. And so most of the time, the enemy works really hard to label you by earth because he wants to limit you on the earth. I wanted to say something like, this is amazing preaching, but people think I'm being arrogant, but you don't understand. I didn't write anything I just said. I'm an external processor, and so I find out what the message is when you do. And so the enemy will work just like Jacob, and he'll say, these are your birth circumstances. Therefore, this is the label that is placed on your life. And if you think you came from earth, you'll accept the label of earth. But if you understand Jeremiah 1.5, where God says, before I formed you, I knew you. You did not come from earth. And he said, before you were born, I appointed you. I called you. You didn't come from earth. And your appointment or your calling did not come from earth. So to understand you, you cannot start at earth. You have to start before the beginning, which is to go back to your origin, which is to go back to God. You have to start with him. Where did I come from? Before the beginning, in the heart of God, you were conceived. And in order for God to express you, he, he interrupted eternity with a span of time, created a physical realm, put people in it. And when the time was right, he formed you and conceived you then, not in his heart, but in a womb, and set you in time for purpose. Before the beginning. That's where you came from. Where did I come from? Came from God before the beginning. Here's the second question. Write this word down. Identity. Who am I? Who am I? Well, in the beginning, God created man in his image. The word image means uh, replica. Replica. I don't know if you've met my dad. If you have met my dad... <laughs> Or I should say, if you have seen me, you have seen my dad. I can pull some pictures from my dad back in the day, and people will think it is me. You will think I served in the army. Because in a lot of ways, I am a replica, right? And so here's, here's, here it is. So, so in the beginning, God created me. So we came from God. And then, who am I? I'm a replica. Galatians 4, 6 says, and because you are sons. Remember, what's the Bible about? A king, a kingdom, and a royal family. Well, I didn't know I was royal. Yes, you are. You're a royal priest. priesthood. Remember, I'm just telling you what you know today. That's all I'm going to do is tell you what you know. You're a royal priesthood. You're a royal family. You're a chosen royal family. And, the, and because you are sons, he says this, because you are sons, except for the spirit of his son in our hearts crying, Abba, Father, therefore you're no longer a slave, but a son and a son, then you're an heir of God and an heir through Christ. So who are you? Well, who I am is I'm a replica. If you want to know what God looks like, look in the mirror. You're a replica of him. You know, um, I know God is spirit, but do you know, according to the Bible, he is a spirit, soul, and body. He's a triune being. According to the Bible, you're a triune being. You say, well, no, I didn't know God, I didn't know God had a body. Yes, well, the Bible talks about his hands. It talks about his heart. It talks about his feet. He must have a body. And so God is not a body in the way we understand, but you understand what I'm saying. So you're modeled after him. 
You're a replica of him. So this is what God said. I want to expand a rule of a kingdom. I need some people. I need a family to rule. And so I'm going to replicate myself. And I'm going to create sons and daughters to rule over the earth. I'm going to replicate myself in them. So I'm going to create sons. Not slaves, not servants. I'm going to create Sons. What's great about that is when I understand who I am, that I'm a son, then, then it starts answering other questions. It starts telling me um, some things about me. Like, for instance, if I'm a son, you know, you know what it says? Number one, I'm wanted. Because this speaks to a lot of holes in hearts. I'm wanted. I'm loved. I'm cared for. I'm seen. I'm protected. I'm helped. Right? It, it, it speaks to, it also speaks to what I have. I'm an heir. Like, when I start understanding my identity is that I'm a son. I'm not, I'm not a person that came from birth circumstances, but I was actually conceived in the heart of God, and then he interrupted time, and here he put me right here, and he made me his son. He, he produced sons, and because I'm a son, then I'm an heir of God, Paul would say, and a joint heir with Christ, and now all of a sudden I understand what I have. Here's the third thing, Purpose. By the way, let me just say that. When we say what I have, if I'm a son, then I'm a royal son. Then I have royal rights. I have royal privileges. I have royal authority. Are you with me? Like understanding where I came from and who, who I'm from, it gets me moving toward this big idea of purpose. So then the third question, then why am I here? This is the purpose question. Why am I here? Now, this one may shock you um, because you would think my purpose is what I do, but that's not the way God answered the question. When God talks about purpose, he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Image is replica. Likeness is representation to represent. A replica that represents us. Because you know this, you can look like something but not represent them well. Right? Have you ever had like, you know, <laughs> like Baker's chocolate? Have you ever had Baker's chocolate? It's, it's very disappointing. It's very discouraging. Now, it looks like chocolate. But it does not taste like chocolate. Not the kind of chocolate that I like. Maybe you like that stuff and that's okay. Like I'm totally cool to cook with it. But you understand what I'm saying? And so God said, it's not so who you are. Well, you came from him. You were created to be a replica of him. But as a replica, he wanted you to represent him. In other words, let me say it this way, that you were created to be like God. Psalm 8, uh, verse 5 and 6. By the way, this is also quoted by the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 2. But look at this. Now, I want to explain. I use this version because this is one most people are comfortable with, but let me explain why it's wrong. It says, for you have been made a little lower than the angels. The word there for angels, Bible translators for years had a problem with it because the word there is not angelos. It's not the word we use for angels. It's actually a word that we know as God. The word is actually Elohim, which is a name of God. So in the Psalms, he said, you made them a little bit lower than God, just a little bit lower than God. The problem is Bible translators didn't know what to do with that because they thought, but there's all these angelic beings and there's the heavenlies and all this. And surely man is below those things. But theologically, if you read the Bible, you'll find out that angels actually minister to you. They actually are servants for the heirs of salvation. Like that when you worship um, when you pray, there are things that you do that actually create activity from angels. Remember Daniel? Daniel started praying, and then finally an angel shows up and said, well, I've been at war because of your prayers. Right? Thanks a lot. 
And so when he says, you have made them a little lower than the angels, he's actually, and you made them a little bit lower than God. Now look at this. You crown them with glory and honor. We can talk, I, I don't have time. It's, anyways, you crown them with glory and honor. Look at verse six though. And you made them to have dominion over the works of your hands. Now we're talking about ruling. So, so here's, here's the question. What's my purpose? Here's your purpose. To be like him. You need to understand the foundation of purpose is not in what you do, but in who you become. The found, I'll say it again because it's so good. The foundation of your purpose is not in. You could actually do good things and never do them rightly and never know who you are and them not actually produce what they could. The foundation of purpose is not in what you do. It is in who you become. With God, he made human beings, not human doings. So being always proceeds doing. So God needs you to understand where you came from, that you are made to be a replica of him and that he wants you to represent him before we get into what you do. Because if you start doing what, what you think you're supposed to do, without understanding that you are to replicate and represent him, you could actually use the calling on your life to work against his purpose for your life. Remember, there have been wars started over Christianity with the Bible because people were trying to get to the application of what they do without understanding. So, so when we're talking about in his likeness and we're talking about the representation of him, this is what Galatians 3.26 says, for you are all sons of God, so there's in his image. You're all sons of God through faith in Christ. For as many as were baptized into Christ, and then this key phrase, you have put on Christ. Key phrase, put on Christ. And then it goes on to say, there is neither Jew and Greek and slave. In other words, this gets, this gets rid of all the labels. When you put on Christ, it gets rid of the labels. And if you're Christ and you're Abraham's seed and heir, so there's, again, what we have. So what is that phrase, put on Christ? Paul uses it also with the Colossians where he talks about putting off. And he's like putting off jealousy and putting off hatred and putting off malice. Isn't it amazing that people who had the Bible... Okay, I'm going to get myself in so much trouble, but I'm going to say it. Isn't it amazing that people had the Bible and still thought slavery was a good thing, thought it was God-ordained. Isn't it crazy that people can have a Bible and be pro-choice? Like, I'm not going to go too far into that. I'm just going to leave that with you, and you guys can email Pastor Mark this week about questions concerning those things. But isn't it interesting that that part of what the purpose of God then is representing God and God wanted to fill the earth with his image, but the representation is to fill the earth with his nature. Because before we get to what you can do, God wants you to look like him on the outside and represent him because of what's on the inside. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, temperance, kindness, meekness, goodness, right? The fruit of the Spirit, it's on the inside. How do we, what is our purpose to become? By the way, we have four B's at Pathway. Isn't it interesting those four B's actually answer the first four questions? In the beginning, God said, God created man to believe in him. Right? In his image, to belong to him, sons. According to his likeness, to become like him. And then to have dominion, to build like him. I'm just, I'm just telling you what we do here. Why do we have the four B's? Because it answers the word purpose. Why do we say pathway connecting people to purpose? Well, that's why we need the four B's, because that's your purpose.
Are, are you with me? And so, so one of the most powerful and catalytic things you can do in, in the realm of purpose is become like God. If you will become like him, you will behave like him. If you will become like him, you will build like him. All right, here's the fourth question. It's the potential. Then, then what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Well, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let him have dominion. Let him have dominion. So I've already said it, and I'm going to say it quickly because I am going to come back to this. All right, but essentially, this is what God said. I want you to rule over earth the way that I rule over heaven. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So the earth is the Lord's or the heavens. There's the verse I wanted. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the sons of men. To understand your purpose, you would need to understand the word management. Because you are the manager of the earth. We read in Psalm 8, remember he put us over the dominion of his, he gave us dominion over the works of his hands. And so your purpose, if you want to know your purpose, we'll come back to this in just a minute. Your purpose, while Adam and Eve were here, was he said, I want you to be fruitful, procreate. God is a creator. He gives us the power to procreate. So I want you to be fruitful, procreate. Then I want you to multiply, increase the influence of, or to influence Come back to that. Subdue, take authority over, and have dominion reign over. So God actually created the Garden of Eden. Eden is not a place, it's a culture. And God said, from the culture of Eden, I want you to go out, subdue, multiply, subdue, and bring it under and reign over it. That's what the word subdue really means. So, in other words, I want you to turn earth into Eden. That's what he told Adam and Eve. Now you're like, oh, then sin entered the world. No, 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 but listen, listen. This is how it all ends up. Remember the tree of life that was in Eden? God brings the tree back in the end. God didn't get rid of the tree. Read the book of Revelation, okay? I'll come back to that, but let me answer the fifth question. Destiny, where are we going? Now, this one is harder to see in this verse, but it's actually in this verse. Let us make man. Let us make man actually tells you not only where you came from, but where you're going. Let me explain. When God started creating everything that you know, this was the rule or the principle or the methodology of creation. God would speak to what he wanted it to come out of, what he wanted it to be sustained by, and then what it would return to. Every time God created something, then he would speak to something. And what he spoke to is what it came out of, what it was sustained by, and what it went back to. Let me give you an example. And God said, I want the earth to sprout forth or spring forth with vegetation. So he spoke to the earth, and he said, I want the earth to produce vegetation, the vegetation then will be sustained by the earth. And then when it withers, fades, dies, whatever, then it will return back to the earth. When God wanted fish, it says he spoke to the waters to swarm with living creatures. So God spoke to the water, said, bring forth fish. Then he said, now the water's going to bring forth the fish. The water's going to sustain the fish and the fish will stay in the water. When they die, they will go back to being in the water. When God wanted living creatures, he spoke again to the earth, and he said, let the earth bring forth living creatures, right? And then the earth is going to sustain living creatures. And then when they die, they're going to go back to the earth. But when God wanted to make you, God didn't speak to water, and he didn't speak to earth. He spoke to himself, and he said, let us, Make man. In other words, you were created from God, you were sustained by God, and you were returned to God. In fact, we can see it in Revelation 21. It says this. It says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Not because God nuked the old one. I don't have time to get into that. But because he makes all things new. Right? Never mind. 
And I saw a new heaven and earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of the kingdom of heaven, that's my emphasis, prepared for us a bride, the body of Christ, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Where does it end? Where are we going back to? Going back to God. I'm going to go back to ruling and reigning with God. Are you with me? And so now, let's get back to purpose. So here we're before the beginning. We came from God to replicate Him, to represent Him, to, to build like Him, to take dominion like Him. And in the end, we all go back to God. Now, the question then is the application. Okay, you're telling me, this is your question to me, Pastor, you're telling me that I'm supposed to, to reign, that I'm supposed to increase this dominion. How do I do that? Let me give you one word. Influence. Influence. Let me give you a parable. It's, a, it's like a two-verse parable. Luke 13, remember if you're a professional Bible marker, you were at Luke 13. Verse 20, it says, And again he said to them, To what shall I liken the kingdom of God? To what shall I liken the kingdom of God? He's going to answer it. It's like leaven, which a woman, this is so good, took and hid three measures of meal, hid in three measures of meal, 60 pounds of flour. So she hid, hid this little bit of leaven in 60 pounds of flour until it was all leaven, until the leaven went through. So the little teaspoon of leaven influenced 60 pounds of flour. So here, here's, what he, here's what he says. The kingdom of God. Now you need to understand when the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven, that's talking about a place. When the Bible talks about the kingdom of God, it's talking about an influence. The kingdom of God is a reign and, a, and it's, it's a rulership. The kingdom of heaven is a place. The heavens and the earth. Kingdom of earth, kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God is the expression of the influence of the reign or the rulership of God. So, when, so here's what he said. Again, he said, there was the kingdom of God it is like leaven, which a woman, women in the church, women in the Bible typically represent the church. Right, the ten virgins with the oil and the lamps and all of that were a picture of the complete church. Are you with me? And so here he's here he's talking to, and I'm going to get to the word church in a minute because it's a horrible word. Ethel, get your mask. He's anti-church. I'm not anti anything. I'm just pro kingdom. I mean, well, I am anti. Actually, that's not a true statement. I'm very opinionated. It's not really that I'm opinionated. I'm just right. Okay, let's just cut to the bottom. And so here is this, this woman. So here's what he's saying. Here is this church. We'll talk about what that means in just a minute. Here's this church. And the role of the church is to take the influence of the kingdom of God and work it through all of creation. So when he says, so let me give you, let me give you a working definition for kingdom. Kingdom, then, is the governing influence of a king over his territory to impact it with his will. The governing influence of a king over a territory to impact it with his will. The governing influence, what does the king do? Well, the king wants to impact a territory with his will. So when you read the Bible, you find out that God owns earth. Not only does God own earth, God owns everything in the earth. He's a king. In monarchies, the people don't own anything. The king owns everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Right? And so it may be a shock. You don't own your house. God does. You don't own your car. God does. This will make giving a lot easier when you realize it's not really your money. God gave you $100 and said, I'd like to, for you to give me $10 back. 
Well, as long as you think it's your $100, you're going to struggle to give it back. But when you realize the king gave liberally to me, I'll give $10 back. That's why if you study your Bible, you cannot give a tithe. You can bring it because you can't give what you don't own, but you can return it. You can bring it back to the original owner. That's what tithing is. Are you with me? So, so the king owns everything, right? It, it's his territory, and then the king has a will. In other words, what the king wants becomes law. It doesn't go to the house. The Senate's not going to vote on it because no one voted for the king. He was the king, right? He doesn't serve a term. He's the guy, right? And so, so here he is. His kingdom then is about this influence of his government on a region to get his will. He is imposing his will on a territory. That's what kings do. When you pray, pray this way. Our Father art in heaven, Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. He didn't say, y'all have a vote about what you'd like me to do. Y'all get together and talk and decide what my role should be in your life. Aren't we having fun? He said, no, no, no. I'm a king. I have a will. My will becomes law. Now what I need is a people to execute my laws. So he creates what we call a church, but it's not the church at all. It's the ecclesia. That's the Greek word, which means the called out or chosen people. So he says, I'm going to call and choose people to execute my law, which is my will. Church is a German word. It's a religious word, and it's messed up the church. You're, I had to be careful. You're not really a church. You're a chosen royal family. And your role is to take the edicts of the king and impose them. On a planet. Isn't that what Jesus did? Here's what Jesus, let me give you one statement. He cast a demon out of someone. And he said, if I cast out a demon by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come. What did he do? He imposed the will of the king over the territory. He said, there is a law called the law of deliverance. My, this kingdom is supposed to be a kingdom of free people. That boy's not free. I'm going to fix it. That's East Texan. If you're from up north, I'm going to fix it. I'm a gonna. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That's funny. Um, so... So, so then the, the goal then of the chosen royal family is to recreate the culture. Let me talk to you about culture, and I'm almost done. Let me talk to you about culture. The Bible has a word for culture, but we've made it religious, so we think it's a worship experience. And the word is glory. Glory is the impact of culture on a territory. When Isaiah says, or God says really through Isaiah, my glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, he's not talking about the best worship experience you've ever had. He's talking about the influence of culture on creation. That his goal is to get all of creation to reflect what heaven looks like. Now, culture is carried in people. He has put this treasure in earthen. Christ in us, the hope of. See, I'm just telling you what you already knew today. When, when Rome 
And we talked about they were one of the first kingdoms to try to colonize, which is actually a better picture of what heaven and earth is. Earth is a colony of heaven. They were going to colonize. They had this formula that they needed 300 Romans because 300 Romans was the breakover point. With 300 Romans in a colony, 300 Romans would influence that colony and influence the culture to look like Rome. That was their formula. So anytime Rome took over a town, a city, whatever, they made sure they had at least 300 Romans that would go into that city immediately with a language. You thought tongues was about a denomination. It's because the first thing any culture needs to influence is a language. Just wait for it. With dress with a financial system, right? And, and so, so our role then is to be filled with this. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because the kingdom's in the Spirit, and the Spirit's in you, and the culture of heaven's in you. The glory is in you don't understand how powerful you are. You have been so labeled by hell, you don't even know who you are. You don't understand. You are the salvation of the planet. And so if we're going to, to influence, if we're going to spread this culture, we're going to need two things power and authority authority is is greater than power because authority is the legal right to execute power you can have power right but what you need is authority authority trumps power you don't ask don't believe me ask a traffic cop why because he can walk out there and put his hand up and all the cars will stop. He does not have more power than all of those cars. But he had the authority. He has a badge. Are you with me? So Jesus said things like, you're going to need some power. So go and tarry in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes. And then be filled with the Holy Spirit and power. He said things like, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, you go in that authority, with that authority, and preach the gospel. Heal the sick. What is that? Cleanse the labor. What is that? Is the execution of the law of the king. I'm authorizing you to execute the law of the kingdom which is healing, which is freedom, which is deliverance. The reason many times we're not seeing results is because we think it's God's job to fix earth. The reason Jesus gave, had authority and gave the disciples authority was because he was in a physical body. Legally, by principle and by the law of God, it takes a physical body to reign on this planet. So God gave you power and authority to fix earth. So prayer is not a religious exercise as much as it is a legal process of petitioning a king for the solution that earth needs so that you can administrate it. Are you with me? And so this is, this is what he's called to do. Now, let me give you one really practical way we bring the kingdom, one practical way to influence. In fact, I would say it is the most influential thing you can do in the kingdom of God. Are you ready? Most because people are like, well, I need something to do. Like, this is good ethereal teaching, and I'm kind of excited. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I don't know what that was either. But anyways... <laughs> That's that, that's that sound you make when the cookies come out of the oven. Ooh, yeah. Anyways, um, make you pray in tongues. Anyways, 
But he says, so let me give you this one. In fact, this is the one Jesus modeled. It's the reason that you're here, and it's what changed the whole planet. Serving. There are a few ways to influence. I did some study on this. Like, how do you become, like, nowadays social media influencers, it cracks me up. But anyways, like, I'm not against it. I just never saw it coming. Did anyone else ever see that coming? Like you could eat Doritos on Instagram and get paid for it. That's amazing to me. This is my go in life, by the way, is to become a social media influencer, eat Doritos, and get paid for it. If I ever get paid for eating, I'm going to be so fat, y'all. I'm going to be fat. I have a fat wallet. Anyways, all right. So, but, but Jesus said this. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. In fact, Jesus actually has to correct his disciples about what it means to rule and reign. Because in Matthew chapter 20, they're having the greatest king, they're having the first pastor's conference. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? You'd have to be at a pastor's conference to understand. But they're having, they're having that conversation. And Jesus has to say, y'all have messed this up. The fallen world looks at how many people serve you as success. They think that's how you influence. I'm going to tell you, I've studied on how you influence. And you can influence through being famous, essentially. Or you can influence by being wealthy. Or you can influence by inventing. But the greatest way to influence that everyone can do, because not all of us can be famous and wealthy and invent things, is you can serve. Why do we even know who Mother Teresa is? She was never wealthy. You could say she was famous, but that really wasn't her thing. She didn't invent anything. She served lepers. She served people no one else wanted to serve. And so here's what Jesus said. He's, he's shifting the paradigm of earth and heaven. He's like, here's how heaven works. Like on earth, I know it's, it's a fallen system. And you think being influential means people serve you. But he turns it upside down. He says, no, influence is when you serve other people. In fact, the more people you serve, the more influential you are. And so this is what he says. Not so with you. In other words, it's not about how many people you can get to serve you or who is the greatest in the kingdom. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. You know what you should, if someone really understands their purpose, who they are, they answer these five questions. You really understand that? No church should ever have to ask you to join a serve team. Not if you understand who you are. Not if you understand, see, th th that you're here to influence and the greatest way you can influence is by serving and is something. Jesus washed, think about this, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When he wanted to transform earth to look like heaven, he did not reach for his crown and he has one. He did not reach for his censer, and he has one. And he did not reach for his scepter, but he has one. He didn't even reach for his sword, and he's got a good one. He knelt down and reached for a towel. How do I want to bring heaven to earth? Oh, let me get a towel and wash the feet of those who follow me. And then tell them, now you go and do the same thing. So if you're sitting here like, man, I, whoa, this pastor is so good. My purpose, yes, I'm in his image and according to his likeness and take dominion. And this is so good. How do I take dominion? Get a towel. Get a towel. Like boil it down as simple as I can boil it down. Get a towel. You can join a serve team today. A few weeks ago, my daughter and I served in kids' ministry. That was an eye-opening experience. And now I, I am trying to make the messages shorter. Um, <laughs> actually, we had a great time. I'll probably do it again. And, and I didn't do that as a publicity stunt. or I did it to, to two, two reasons. Number one, because I think that's how you bring the kingdom. And I'm their pastor, too. 
So I went back and I preached to the four and five-year-olds. It was funny, every class they went, they're like, you're the preacher, you can do the message. I'm like, no problem, I got you Palm Sunday right here. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I did, I preached to the four and five-year-olds because that's my gift, and then they took me in Pathway Kids, and I preached to the Pathway Kids because that's my gift. And I left there, and they said, what did you think about it? I said, well, what I do is a lot easier because y'all aren't throwing balls at me <laughs> or getting up running around. <laughs> but I said, um, I enjoyed it because it was serving in a place that I'm not really paid to go serve there. All of our staff serve in places they're not paid to serve because we believe in serving, because we believe that's where the kingdom comes. And we believe in some ways, I don't mean this in a bad way, but in some ways the pay can rob you of really the blessing. And so we maintain places of serving outside of any job description because we want to model what the kingdom is. It's one of our values as a team, right? And I left there, and, and Ryan and I were talking. I said, that was kind of fun. I said, you want to do it again? She's like, yeah, so we're planning our next time. We're going to go serve in Pathway Kids because it's so much fun. But, but here's what I'm telling you. That's how you bring the kingdom. Even Jesus said, just, you know, if you do it unto one of these little ones, how do I bring the kingdom? Well, you can bring the kingdom, go serve in Pathway Kids. Bring the kingdom, get on guest experience team. We're a chosen generation of priests. And what we teach here is how to bring the kingdom. And the way you bring the kingdom is serving. That's why we have a serving team. Not because we need one to have church. But because you need a place to get involved in bringing the kingdom. Because it's what you were created for. Amen. Give Jesus praise. Good word today. I enjoyed that one. I sure hope I can preach it one more time. Will you stand? God, we thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. Um, God, for your kingdom. God, we want to see your kingdom come. We want to see your will be done. God, empower us by your spirit to bring your glory, to bring your culture. Empower us to serve. Just the simple to grab towels and figure out how to serve those people around us, to love those people well, to influence. God, one of the greatest ways we can influence is by serving. Will you take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, just with your head bowed in this moment, just say, God, what are you saying to me? Just what do you want to say to me? Just listen. God, I just pray you'd speak to every person. God, speak to every person. And, and while we're listening, and you listen, heads bowed, no one's looking around, while we're listening, if there's anyone that's in this room or you're watching online and you don't have a relationship with the king, maybe you never realized that's where you came from. You don't have a relationship with the king, then I want to pray with you. And so if that's you, if you're in this room, you're like, you know what? I need to be connected to the king. I'm not talking about if you have, I'm not asking if you have a relationship with religion or you've ever read a Bible or saying to you, do you know that you have a relationship with the king? Are you connected? If, if you're not, you'll feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit saying, hey, this is for you. Hey, you need to get connected to the king. Hey, here I am. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. And so no one's looking around. Our heads are bowed. But if that's you, and that's what you need. Even if you're watching in your living room all by yourself and you want a relationship with the king, I just want you to lift your hand up where you're at, just where you're at. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Awesome. But even if you're in your living room by yourself, lift your hand up and say, because it's about God. It's God, here I am. God, this is what I want. And then if you lifted your hand, we'll pray this prayer together. It's really a proclamation, but... And you can use your words, but it's something like this. It says, God, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he died and rose again to reconnect me to you, to your kingdom. I believe I'm a chosen royal son or daughter. And so, God, I ask you to forgive me of everything I've done wrong. Help me to live for you. Make me a new creation, as your word says. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for all of those who prayed that prayer. 
God, I pray right now they would sense your presence. God, you would work. You would make them new. You would transform them. Transform them. God, I just thank you for what you're doing in and through all of us. And God, when we leave here, Lord, let us go forward knowing what our purpose is and at least having one way of knowing how to do it. And God, let us go take over our world in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Yeah, you can give Jesus one more clap or shout or whistle or whatever you want to do. And then I'm going to ask our prayer team to come. If you're on our prayer team, uh, we end every worship experience with a time of prayer. If you need prayer, we would love to pray with you. If you need prayer and you're online, you can text my pathway prayer to 77977. Someone will pray with you. Everyone else, we say, God bless you. We love you. Go and take over your world and go and get your kids. All right.